Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Well, hi ho neighbors. <laughs> Welcome back to Simplify Jesus, where we're breaking barriers through communication. We're going to continue our discussion today with Moses and all of the craziness that is his life. Matt, you found out some interesting facts about Moses that we were questioning last week. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how old the guy is. I read today he's 80 years old when all this wow. is happening. Aaron's 83, and so he's no spring chicken when he's going up against Pharaoh and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, wow. So at 80 years old, here's where we left off. Last week, Moses talked to God through a burning bush that wasn't consumed by the fire. Yeah. First of all, okay, now that we know his age, he climbed up the mountain to do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> he made all kinds of excuses as to why he couldn't go talk to Pharaoh and convince him to let the Israelites go, even to just go worship, right? Uh, yeah. They, they couldn't even do that. So God finally convinced him anyway to go to the Israelites, and um, he was able to at least convince the people that God had sent him to lead them out of Egypt. Yeah. And they believed, and... They were happy, and then he went to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, nope, no way. So he made the slave labor for the Israelites even harder. Yep. So through all of that, even after the miracles that Moses and Aaron, who God had given to Moses as a helper in all of this, um, as somebody to speak for Moses with his speech impediment of whatever sort it was, they went back to, they went back to Pharaoh, they performed these miracles, and... Pharaoh's heart was still hardened and wouldn't let the people go. So now the people are really angry with Moses and they're like, get out of here because you're just making our lives harder. So I think the whole point of that, you know, or a major point of that episode last week was how the people were happy that God told Moses to lead him out. But then when life got hard, they said, no, let's, let's just go back to the old way. Yeah. So this week, we're going to continue the story and uh, see what God does through Moses and see how that, well, I mean, really probably make the Israelites' lives even harder uh, for a little while anyway. Yeah. So what's it look like this week? So in in response to Pharaoh's hardness of heart, God starts bringing plagues on Egypt like crazy. We're going to go through a series of these. There's going to be nine total of them today that we're going to talk about. The first one, God tells Moses, says, go meet Pharaoh when he's walking out towards the Nile river and Moses gets out there and he reminds Pharaoh of the warning, right? Of, Hey, let my people go. Our tough times are coming. And he says, okay, well the, the first plague's coming. And so God tells Moses to take the staff that he had thrown down and turned into a snake before in Pharaoh's presence is, is one of the miracles. So take that staff and strike the water. And when he did, it would turn to blood. And so, so Moses and Aaron did just that. They took the staff that had turned into a snake. They went and struck the Nile River, and it turned to blood. And, you know, you can, just thinking about the the, the smell and the grossness of it, I mean, of course, all the fish in the river died. So we're not talking it turned red. We're saying it turned to blood. It literally. turned into blood. And, and in fact, it wasn't just the river, right? It was... Um, the river, it, even the water that was in wooden barrels, clay pots, all that kind of stuff, all the water in the land of Egypt turned to blood. It's just a bad situation already. And th- this is only plague number one. But, 
you know, Pharaoh had his magicians and they said, okay, well, yeah, I mean, we can do that. Right. And they, and they kind of, they proved it and just like they did with the other miracles. And so Pharaoh said, okay, that's not enough for me. I'm you, you guys still can't go. We're still not going down this road. So the magicians were able to do so wait. So the water was already turned to blood. Did mm-hmm. the magicians turn it back? I don't know. They, they were, they were somehow able to prove, maybe they just convinced Pharaoh that they were able to do it. That could be what it was talking about is that, that somehow they, they convinced Pharaoh, look, we can do this too. This isn't, this is no crazy thing here. The magicians convinced him. And so God's like, okay, that wasn't enough. Let's do another one here. And so uh, Moses goes before Pharaoh again and he says, if the blood wasn't enough, this time you're going to be plagued with frogs if you wouldn't let the Israelites go. And so Pharaoh refuses again. He thinks, okay, look, I've handled everything so far. This is no big deal. What's the risk? What's the real problem here? Moses lifted his staff over the rivers and the ponds and the frogs came out like crazy. It was so bad that, I mean, you just, you couldn't go anywhere without frogs. They were in your homes. They were in the palace. They were in the bedrooms. They were everywhere, which the water turned into blood would, would definitely, you know, I mean, you don't have anything to drink, but now you've got frogs everywhere too. I don't, that's, that's, it's kind of disgusting um, to, to, <laughs> I mean, to think about. Are, frogs are kind of slimy. And, yeah. You know, kind of gross and they're peeing everywhere. And they're <laughs> <laughs> Do we know how long between plagues, you know, how long did they leave the, the water as blood? So for, for most of these there, it seems like it's kind of a day. Uh, there's a couple of them where we have longer time frames, but it it seems like, I could be wrong about this, but it kind of seems like the way it's written that it's it's kind of one day to the next. Okay, because you know when I read it, it, it obviously with these these are supernatural events, right? Mm-hmm. That we couldn't imagine seeing. And I know people tend to try to science away the <laughs> everything, right. which some things you know, sure, science can play a part, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to get to one of the plagues of, of the the locusts. Um, yeah, sometimes around here it seems like. It's a locust plague yeah. because they're so loud for a week, maybe even a month at a time. Right. It's it ridiculous. And, and we'll get into that. Um, but it's kind of hard to explain away all of the water turning into blood. Right. Or frogs the next day just appearing out of nowhere. Right. And that's, you know, it's one of the interesting things that that people have tried to disprove it. And well, and and not even necessarily disprove it, but just try to explain it. You know, one of the common things I read, and I don't know that I fully understand it, but is it's that um, there was a volcanic eruption that would have led to some of these plagues happening, which I don't understand how a volcanic eruption leads to frogs taking over the land and locusts coming in. But 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 there were explanations for like the water turning to blood that there was red sediment that made it turn red well that's not what it says it says turn to blood kill the fish right so you know it's it's important you know just as kind of a caveat that like you said people try to explain this stuff away they try to explain the supernatural and the divine with what we can understand and i get it like trying to bring a little piece of that to our understanding level but sometimes you're taken away from god in that and and it's important to not do that it's important to like, no, like, this is what happened, and it is what it is. Right. When John wrote Revelation from prison and he saw the visions, and, mm-hmm. you know, he explained it the best he could with what he knew in his own mind. Right. But we can't, I mean, 
I wouldn't think we could imagine what it what it could look like because our 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 scope is so limited, right? Compared to what what God's scope looks like, yeah, yeah, and it's it, and it's also important, like with something like Revelation and and the prophecies in the Old Testament, some of that to remember that it was written for the people in that day and age, and so it is important to us, but we also need to read it through the lens of what it would have meant to them, yeah. Um, and so some of that imagery in Revelation was specific to what was going on there. And I think, you know, and, and when we're talking about these supernatural events, like understanding the same thing, like we've got to read it through the lens of, okay, this is, this is what happened, but is it possible that something else could have, could have been caused for that? Sure. Absolutely. But that doesn't make it any less God moving in a situation. Well, and just like we talked about with Moses and his birth, right? That it very well could have been that Moses mom planned that and put his sister there and, and everything was planned but that doesn't mean God wasn't in the mix. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, everything is held together. Atoms, molecules, you know, all of that. Yes, we can explain all of that with science. But there is definitely divine intervention in that to keep it all together. Absolutely. And to keep it all working just like it's supposed to. Absolutely. Yeah. So... That was a little tangent there, um, <laughs> but an important one when we're talking about these plagues, right? Because we've because there's there are so many people that try to discredit it and disprove it, and so it's it's that is an important part of this conversation overall. Um, so so the frogs come in and they're everywhere, and Pharaoh at this point is like, okay, all right, this is getting serious now. Like you're interrupting my beauty sleep. They're in my bedroom. I'm not about this life. Um, and so he goes He he goes to Moses and says, okay, look, I will let the people go if you will just get rid of these frogs. I'll let you go worship in the wilderness. And so Moses left the city. He called on God to get rid of the frogs, and the frogs went away. Well, actually, they didn't go away. They just died. Um, it says gross. they piled up heaps of dead frogs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, gross. Ugh. Um, imagine the smell of that you were talking about the blood earlier oh, yeah wait. yeah so you had a bunch of dead fish and i got a bunch of dead frogs go figure <laughs> yeah I, I i don't yeah i would not have wanted to be 100 miles of that place no no um but all the relief came frogs are gone and pharaoh's like ah eh, that's not so bad all right and and doesn't let him go he he refuses to let him go again so once again God comes to him and says, look, Pharaoh hardened his heart. He's not letting you go. So God gives Moses and Aaron another plague to perform. The third plague was the plague of gnats. And so um, God told Aaron, look, strike the ground with your staff, and the gnats will come up like dust. And they cover everything, every animal, everyone. And what's interesting about this one is this is the third plague. Remember, we're talking about nine today. There's ten total. We'll talk about number ten next week. This is number three, and the magicians at this point are even admitting, like, look, this is, we can't do this. That This is a supernatural divine thing. This is the God of the Israelites doing this. You might want to listen, Pharaoh. You might want to do something about this, but Pharaoh wasn't quite convinced yet. So we've had we've had water turned to blood. We've had frogs all over the land. We've got gnats all over the land. Now, I want to know. Did Moses and Aaron have to put up with all of this too? I mean, obviously the smell of, of everything, right? Yeah. So so it's interesting. There are some specifically later on where it says that they where they didn't. So I think initially, yes. Okay. Um, but there are some. Uh, in fact, in the very next one in the fourth plague, 
God specifically protects the land that the Israelites are in. So uh, Moses goes before Pharaoh and tells him the same message. Look, you got to let my people go. You got to let them go worship in the wilderness for three days. And Pharaoh, of course, says no. His heart's hardened at this point. And so God sent out swarms of flies. And so you've got gnats and there's, we don't have any indication that the gnats went away. So I'm kind of assuming they're still in the mix here. But you get swarms of flies coming in. And they're in fields, houses, they're all over people, except for one place, and that is the land of Goshen, um, which if you remember from the story of Joseph, that's where the Israelites settled. And so um, swarms of flies are everywhere, except for where God had placed the Israelites, and he specifically protected them to show that, look, this isn't just some, just any supernatural happening. This is specifically the God of Israel, the God of the Hebrews, Who's doing all this? I'm going to protect my people while you guys deal with those flies. And Goshen is the place where Jacob and his family settled. Right. Joseph's dad. Yeah. All settled and became their sheep herders and right and and kind of helped that previous pharaoh. Right. right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And so God said, "Okay, I'm going to put my hedge of protection around these people while you guys deal with these flies." And so. Finally starting to get Pharaoh's attention a little bit here. Pharaoh responded and said, look, um, Israelites, you can, you can worship God. You can sacrifice to him, but you've got to do it in the nation of Egypt. You can't leave. You've got to do it here. So I've got to keep my eye on you. But, you know, Moses, you know, that, that wasn't God's call. God's call to Moses was very clear. Let us go worship in the wilderness. Let us go take three days journey out to go sacrifice to God. And, and so Moses shut it down. And, you know, you've got to remember in the context of all this that this is all leading up to the exodus from Egypt, right? The, you know, when, when the Israelites leave. And so... Spoilers. Yeah, spo- spoilers. <laughs> there was never really any intention, I don't think, of the Israelites coming back. Like, even if Fairhood said from the, from the onset, yeah, go sacrifice, y'all, y'all just come back. Like, they, they weren't coming back. Yeah, so I guess... Pharaoh figured that much out at least. But anyway, so so Moses, so Moses tells him, look, we can't do it in Egypt. Um, we've got to go out in the wilderness and convince Pharaoh to let him do it. If only Moses would go to God, get rid of the flies, get rid of the gnats. And so Moses did his part. He left the city that Pharaoh was in. He left the capital. Um, he appealed to God. He prayed. Flies went away. But Pharaoh once again did the same thing and said, nope, you're not, you're not allowed to go. At this point, I mean, we're four plagues in. I kind of wonder what's going through the Israelites' heads. Like you mentioned it up front, like they were not real happy because Pharaoh made their life harder and they were blaming Moses for it. Granted, they were protected from this last one, but they've got to be thinking like, okay, come on. How much do we have to put up with before we get it? Is it really worth it? Well, I would hope that when they saw they were protected and only the Egyptians were covered in these flies and gnats that they would have realized okay god's actually at work here yeah but we do the same thing right we we see all kinds of stuff going on and um i don't know how far you know goshen was from fair well not far i mean i guess they were in the same land same yeah it was all at least within the country so i don't i don't know exactly how far it was but it was i mean they were able to go back and forth right yeah right so I, I, you would think that's pretty convincing to be, you know, within, let's say just, just for numbers sake, within a hundred acres of, of property. Right. And to see 
two thirds of that property covered in flies and nets, <laughs> right. and one third of it, right, fine, right, and and the the part of it that was already fertile and good for sheep and all that stuff, and that's the part that doesn't get touched, right. Which yeah. you would think the flies and everything would go to that part because of all of the because you got livestock, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever been around cows? Like <laughs> they're right. covered in them, <laughs> right? So I I would hope that they they realized it, but you know, I mean, the Bible does say they still weren't happy. Yeah, yeah. They just they they <laughs> well, the story of Israel is very much like our story um, as humans in general, and that we're never really satisfied, right? Um, <laughs> so. You know, there's there's a lot of good stories there. We'll we'll get into them as we continue our chronological look. Um, we'll we'll see lots of introspective good stuff there. So after this, Moses goes to him again. Same message, right? Let the Israelites go. And let us go worship God in the wilderness. Pharaoh refused, right? Same story over and over again. The fifth plague comes in, and this fifth plague was that all livestock would be destroyed all throughout the land of Egypt, but. Similar to plague number four, which was the flies, there was a distinction made between Egypt and the land of Goshen. And so all of the livestock in Egypt that wasn't Goshen completely destroyed, but nothing of the Israelites, none of their sheep, none of their livestock were touched. But yet somehow still Pharaoh wasn't convinced. He was not going to let the people go. I mean, at this point, he's been through so much stuff. The magicians are saying, look, you need to respect this God guy. Even Pharaoh himself has said, okay, I've had enough. He's tapped out and then come back in. Now they've lost all their livestock, which is, you know, at this day and age, I would imagine is a big part of their livelihood. And he's still, no, I'm, no, can't go. Yeah. Well, now I'd imagine he's angry. He's like, I'm definitely not letting you go. Right. Yeah. Uh, And it obviously doesn't do him any good because the plays just keep coming. (laughs) Right. But... I don't know. I wonder what he's thinking at this point. You know, he's he's angry at the Israelites and the Israel their God, and he keeps making the wrong choices and bad things keep happening to him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of like when you've got a little kid and you tell them that the burner's hot and they no no don't do that don't you do gotta that see for you themselves know. eventually they're gonna get all the way and touch the burner it's it's gonna get that bad right doesn't matter what the consequences are they're gonna they're gonna keep testing those waters so god's taking out all the livestock in the land of egypt the sixth plague um to come was a painful one it was uh god instructed moses to look take handfuls of dust and just throw it up in the air and as this dust landed on people and on animals it turned into really really painful boils that one makes my skin crawl a little bit. Um, Once again, I hope I hope the Israelites were spared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. He <laughs> tell Moses to hold on to his dust when he's around them. Yeah, <laughs> but but even still, after everything they've lost, after this this pain that he's gone through, Pharaoh's still not listening. And I just thought about something that, and this is this is completely off cuff here. It just hit me that the the plagues that pharaoh is going through at least these last couple kind of feel like what job went through yeah losing losing livestock the the painful boils right the illness that the job dealt with we haven't we haven't seen loss of individual life yet although that's coming you know there's uh um it's it's interesting And, and i and i just say that to say like god's ratcheting up the heat on pharaoh and he's still not giving in yeah yeah and and you're right. I hadn't considered that, but unfortunately, 
Job was one to do everything right. Mm-hmm. And he still had all of that. And now Pharaoh's doing everything wrong. And he's getting the same thing. Wow. That's a... I hadn't, I hadn't seen that before. Yeah. Good catch. So, so at this point, God gives Moses another message for Pharaoh in, in Exodus 9, 15 through 17. It says, By now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague, and you would have been obliterated from the earth. However, I have let you live for this purpose, to show you my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. You are still acting arrogantly against my people by not letting them go. So God's basically saying, look, I could have taken you out by now, but I'm going to make sure everybody around gets the message. Don't mess with Israel and don't mess with their God. Um, and look, he's going to win. <laughs> and, yeah. And look, God told Satan, you can do anything except kill him. Mm-hmm. That's at one point you can hurt him. You can take everything he's got. You can, you can make him suffer, but you can't kill him. Yep. And he's doing again, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm glad he's, you caught that. He's like, I could. But I'm not going to. I'm going to make a point. <laughs> and for the same reason, right? He 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 needed to show Satan. Job was still mm-hmm. going to be faithful, and everybody else saw it too. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And it's the same thing here. I love it. I'm, I'm I like this parallel. I like this. I'm <laughs> I like it a lot. After that message, Moses delivers it to Pharaoh, and God gives him a warning. He says, "Look, the next plague is going to be a big one. He's going to send a hailstorm so bad, worse than anything they've ever seen in the land of Egypt." And any person or any animal that's outside during the hailstorm will not survive. Which, you know, we've been through some hailstorms out here in the hell country. Nothing crazy bad, but like, it feels like more like little chinks against the window. I mean, every now and then we get the bigger stuff. But like, think about hell could take somebody out. That's that's some big stuff. Yeah, it is. No golf ball size hail around there. Yeah. That's got to be, you know, uh, bowling ball size hail. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just hit him in the head and knock him out. So Moses gave him the warning. Pharaoh didn't listen. So God told him, you know, here's how you're going to do it. Raise your hands to the heavens and bring down the hailstorm. And so once again, we see uh, in this plague that God protected the Israelites. He protected the land of Goshen. But everything and everyone that was outside in Egypt um, when the hailstorm hit was killed. And so Pharaoh this time, he admits, okay, okay, I was wrong. I was wrong. I should have let you go. If you will just stop the hail when you leave the city, then I'll let the Israelites go. But of course, he doesn't. Moses does his part. He stops the hailstorm. Pharaoh, his his heart was hardened once again, and he wouldn't let him go. And so God spares him for another plague. So then God sends in the eighth plague, which is the plague of locusts. And so, again, Moses and Aaron go before Pharaoh. He warns him of what's to come. And, and what's interesting here is, you know, we, we see this kind of progression of admittance of uh, guilt on different parts. Here, Exodus ten seven says, Pharaoh's officials asked him, how long must this man be a snare to us? Let the men go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Don't you realize yet that Egypt is devastated? So we start off with a magician saying, I think this God guy is real. Like, you may want to quit messing with him. Then even Pharaoh admits, like, okay, 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 I get it. God's you're you're right we were wrong you're right and now the egyptian is saying okay pharaoh give it up stop putting us in this position we've already been destroyed Um, and i'm surprised that pharaoh actually let it go long go on this long without killing moses and aaron instead of you know i'm not going to let my people go and i'm going to kill you to stop this all from happening yeah that's an interesting point i hadn't thought about that he had every ability to do that i'm sure yeah 
Um, every opportunity. I mean, Moses kept going directly to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, in all the movies, you hear all of these dictators saying, guards! <laughs> right. I mean, take them out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah, it makes you wonder if Pharaoh had some fear in the back of his mind of like, so what if I take this guy out, what happens? Yeah. You know? Um, Good point. But, but I don't know. It's, it's you know, maybe that was some of that divine intervention stuff. Because the, the one thing that is consistent, though, is that, Moses leaves before he stops the plague. And so I want, maybe, maybe that's why Pharaoh's depending on him. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. You would think at some point, just take him out. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I was Pharaoh in this story, Moses would not have made it to the eighth plague. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I was not Pharaoh. That's um, right. <laughs> so, so this time, because of the pushback from the people, before the plague starts, Pharaoh kind of sort of agreed. He said, but, only the able-bodied men can go. Well, that's not what God called him to. God said the people of Israel need to go to the wilderness to sacrifice. And so that's that's not good enough. So here come the locusts. They come in and they cover everything in Egypt. Basically, if anything survived the hailstorm as far as vegetation and that kind of stuff, it's gone now. Locusts completely destroyed it. And, and But we see the same response again. Pharaoh admitted that he did wrong. He said, Moses, if you'll just get rid of the locusts, I'll let you guys go. But he didn't let the people go. So we see this pattern again. So so the ninth plague, and this is the last one that we'll talk about for this week, was darkness over the land of Egypt. And for three full days, there was no light in Egypt. It was completely dark. You couldn't light a candle and it make a light. You couldn't, you know, this wasn't just like a power outage. This was like total blackout darkness. We're talking sun and everything. Sun and moon, nothing. Nothing. Except in the land of Goshen. Imagine that. Hmm. Um, which, is that that, is that that, oh, yeah, in the yeah. movies? You know, the, the, the this is where we get beam. the sunlight through the clouds. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this yeah, is cool. it. Which, yeah, this made me think, have you ever been in like deep in those caves where you have like the total dark? Have you, have you ever experienced that? No. I mean, I've been down in the, the caverns around here that are, mm. you know, they have the lights all along the walkways. So no, I, I, yeah. I can't say that I have. There's, and I'm, I'm trying to remember where it was. It, this was back when I was in school that I remember going down and went on a field trip or something and like they kill the lights and like you, you literally can't see your hand in front of your face. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah. And so it's just crazy. And so I, I think about doing like that for a few seconds kind of freaked me out. Um, I, I have no frame of reference. What is up? What is down? Three full days. Um, Egypt was dealing with that. And so Pharaoh kind of sort of halfway relented again. He said everyone could go, but the flocks had to stay behind. Well, go into the wilderness. Part of what they were going to do is sacrifice to God. They were going to participate in animal sacrifice. Um, and so Moses like, that's not good enough. We, that's, that's not, you have to let all of us go with our livestock, with everybody we're leaving. And Pharaoh just, just wasn't having it. So, well, I mean, he's like you said earlier, he's a smart guy. He knew they weren't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He, he needed his workforce. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Slaves and all. He, 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 he was not going to give up that easily. He was yeah. not going to give them up. Um, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy. You know, you see the, um, just how much Egypt went through and it's crazy to think that he still wasn't giving up. Well, was it pride? Was it, I mean, it had to have been pride. Yeah. What, he didn't need the workforce that bad. He didn't yeah. need the slaves that bad. He could have 
turned his own people into slaves. He's obviously not a nice guy. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> he had no problem being mean. That was no no issue yeah. for him. He did not value human life, obviously. Yeah. So he would have been fine turning his own people into his slaves or searching for more. So I, I just think it had to have been pride that just kept yeah. him from well, it says harden his heart. Yeah. Right. I, I would I guess that'd be a form of pride. Mm-hmm. And stubbornness. Yep. I think, if I understand right, Egypt was really a power at this time as far as the, on, on the world stage. Um, and so there's, there's got to be some of that invincibility, that pride complex of, mm-hmm. hey, nothing can touch me. Like, I'm, I'm good. I survived all this stuff. Which, man, it just makes me think about looking around the world today and some of the stuff that's going on. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Like, yep. Here we are. Like, yeah. you, can, you can see some of that. Yeah, I want your land, so I'm going to take it, and you can't touch me. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Where have I seen that in the news recently? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. <laughs> um, that's kind of the story of Pharaoh, Moses, and the plagues, is that you've got this this back and forth of Pharaoh not wanting to give up control and, and holding, on, holding on way too tight to something that we know he's going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Well, speaking of knowing how the story ends, how does this point to Jesus? This is kind of an interesting one because <laughs> there's not really a uh, good moral to the story, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Listen uh, to God. That's a moral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is there there is no happy ending this week. Uh we'll we'll see that next week, but what what I what I picked up out of the story today is that God is is an all or nothing God that you know you you can't be half in half out and we see that with with pharaoh he acknowledged that he was wrong all along the way right when when times were bad he was like okay 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 i get it god you got it you got it but then when the pain went away he's like but i'm still pharaoh you can't touch me Mm -hmm. and so what we see is that you know pharaoh quote unquote submitted to god when he felt like he had to um, but he wasn't really all in and Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6 and Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters since either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And in that case, Jesus talks about God and money and you can't, you can't serve both. You, you can't be all in for God when you need him, when for the sake of the example when the bank accounts tight and say, okay, God, okay, okay, okay. I'm all in. And then when God blesses you or God gives you relief, say, okay, now I'm back over here to doing whatever I do. You can't have it that way. It's, 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 it doesn't work that way. And so we see that with Pharaoh here. I thought it was kind of an, an interesting parallel that with him, it's more belief in God and, and what God's doing versus uh, belief in himself and, and his own pride. But, but it's really important. Um, I think a good takeaway from this is that, Life goes better when you're all in one way or the other. God talks about it through John and Revelation about, um, you know, what does he have against one of the churches? I can't remember which one now, but he says that you were lukewarm, right? You, you weren't hot or cold. You were lukewarm. You tried to straddle the fence and stay in the middle. You just can't do it. And, and so when it comes to our relationship with Christ, and our belief in God, we've got to be all in. And that doesn't mean that, you know, we sell everything and move to Africa to start up an orphanage and all that stuff. Like <laughs> God may call you to it not going to argue that, but that that's not the story for everybody, but it does mean that we are, that, that we're all in for him. If he calls us to it, then we're going to do it. If we have a real clear call like this one from fair of let my people go, then we do it. 
that, yeah. that, that we answer that call and that we're not, we don't get caught up in ourselves or something else so much that we're not listening to God's call. Well, and that's why God says we, we are to be in the world, but not of the world, right? Yep. We, we can, we have to be a part of the world. This is where we are. This is what mm-hmm. we have until the new heaven and earth come. We're, we're stuck. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we let the world drag us down. Right. Uh, we've got to be um, on alert, right? Because we said uh, a week or two ago, uh, you know, that Satan is here on earth prowling like a lion, right? He's mm-hmm. looking to devour. If we're not careful, we'll get pulled in. And I'm, I'm, I've been there, done that, you know, mm-hmm. gotten pulled in before Jesus, after Jesus. I just wasn't watching close enough. And, and you've got to really, really watch out. So that was trying to serve two masters, right? I wanted the, I wanted the musician life. I wanted the party life, <laughs> but I was also trying to be, um, you know, a, a, a good little Christian. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. Yeah. God had something else in mind for you. Right. And that's, and that has led you to where you're at now. And so that's, you just being, being willing to be obedient to that call. That, that, that's really what it all boils down to. Is, well, that's is, not to say that I can't be a musician anymore. That's to say, I can't, I have to know my limits. Mm-hmm. I have to know what my, my own struggles are Yeah, and stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let God change my heart, right? right. Soften my heart because mm-hmm. it was hard at one point as well. Still is from time to time, but because mm-hmm. we're all human, we all have sin. That's, that's a thing. And, and that's, it's, this is not a call to perfection because none of us are, but just that we're obedient and that, you know, you slip up, you make a mistake, you go back. If you know something's not good for you, walk away from it. You know. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned that Egypt was in power, mm-hmm. but obviously there's more stuff happening in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So what was going on in the rest of the world? So this happens more than likely. We think this happened kind of towards the end of the Bronze Age, at the the very tail end of it. But we kind of skipped over the Bronze Age um, when we skipped between Joseph and Moses. And so um, one of the interesting things that happened, there's a lot of innovation that happens uh, during this time. The Bronze Age is defined by uh, making tools made out of bronze. That's why it's called that. And you go from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age. Then the Iron Age is the next one. But but during the Bronze Age, there were a lot of kind of interesting things that were, uh, they were made during this time. Soap was one of them. I didn't realize soap was that old, but apparently it was. Um, it's got its origins all the way back in the Bronze Age. Rope, um, umbrellas, locks to be able to lock doors and stuff, uh, I, I would assume. Uh, kites, swords, axes plows um, which is you see a lot of agricultural growth during this age because the, because of the plows are able to be much more efficient and then the last two the wheel and the chariots um, that was a really big deal in the military we're going to see that kind of as we move forward in the nation of Israel that power is often defined by how many chariots you have mm. uh, that was the your military might that's something they always recorded is how many chariots were coming in with the army because it was it was a relatively new invention at this point, and so, but it's just interesting to see how how much innovation I I tend to think of technology, so to speak, of moving slowly back, you know, in fifteen or fourteen hundred BC or whenever all this stuff happens. But there's really there's a lot of innovation that happens just to make life easier that is is still impacting today. I mean, we still use soap. At, 
most of the time, I think. Um, <laughs> I it's probably a little different now than it used to be. Um, but the plow, I mean, and wheels and cherry, you know, all of these things that that were created back then are still being used today. They look a little different, but their origins go back to the Bronze Age. Wow. So I didn't realize that the... Got to go back to my sixth grade education, right? <laughs> Stone Age, Bronze Age, all that. But you said, you said we skipped over the Bronze Age between Joseph and Moses, mm-hmm. right? So you're literally saying the Stone Age mm-hmm. was from Adam and Eve on to Joseph? I think the Bronze Age started before that. I think I think it probably started maybe Abrahamish, like. They're like the, some of the, maybe some of the earlier years, but we didn't, from what I could tell from our Bible map and stuff and how the years line up is that we probably didn't have the Bronze Age until um, the, let me put it this way, the, I think the bulk of the Bronze Age happened during that gap. So yeah, so we had, so we had the Stone Age all before that, which is why I think you don't see things like the chariots talked about because they, they weren't around yet um, right. during the days of Abraham. So, yeah. Well, which is interesting um, in its own right, because when you look at the stone age depicted any other, in any medium, you're talking cavemen, you're talking invention mm. of fire, you're talking, but it sounds to me dinosaurs, right? At, at what point did dinosaurs and, and men mm. exist together if they did? Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting that we can really say the stone age and know that they were human beings. Yeah. You know, that were walking, talking, upright. <laughs> right. That were not cavemen. Yeah. But it's it doesn't seem, in this context, what the general public seems to see it as. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the part, part of why it's hard to understand that, I don't think there was any real um, writing or recording of history until Moses came down, at least from a biblical standpoint, none of this stuff was written down until Moses did it. Mm. And so um, you think about how we have Gen- the book of Genesis specifically and how that was handed down. I would assume that that was handed down over the generations, those stories. And then God inspired Moses to capture them in the, in the book of Genesis. And so, so it's interesting to think about, okay, this is how Moses captured it. But Maybe, maybe it was different, right? Uh, Abraham built altars everywhere. His altars were literally stacks of rocks. Right. You know, it wasn't anything fancy. He doesn't. He didn't make a a, a podium like we like we have at church, right? Right. Um, he's he's you know he made a pile of rocks and poured oil on it because this is an altar to remember. This was it was just there to remind you that God did something. Yeah. Um. It wasn't anything crazy fancy. So it it is interesting to think about the Bible and context of those different eras and what was going on. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where, you know, the other uh, ages, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, come into play in the Bible. And yeah. I just love putting it all together with what we know of the Bible and what we know of the history outside of what happened at the same time. Absolutely. It's very cool. So uh, with that being said, next week, we're going to see the final plague against the Egyptians, which is the worst of all. We're going to see the the birth of the Passover. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see the Exodus from Egypt. So if you want to follow along with that, this is all captured in Exodus 11 through 14. And it all happens really fast, I think, mm-hmm. in the Bible. It just, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. God is in every part of it. 
Well, I mean, there's just a lot of supernatural type stuff mm-hmm. that's going on here. So yeah. I hope uh, y'all will come back and, and hear this next episode and share that with us and, and uh, read along. Uh, check out Exodus 11 through 14 to see, uh, see what's going on for yourself. So Matt, get us out of here. Yeah, if you do have any additions or comments or anything like that, shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to hear from you. If you want to uh, keep up with us on social media, we like to hang out on Facebook and Twitter. Um, You'll see our verse of the day. You'll see our latest podcast news and uh, some interactive stuff there. Like, share, help us get the word out. Uh, That is what we're all about, getting the good news of Jesus out there. You can always check out our website at www.simplifyjesus.com. There you'll find all of our episodes along with other uh, stuff that we're working on as Simplify Jesus. Also, you can find our podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. If we're not there, let us know. Shoot us a note. Uh, We would love to be there. But you can even ask Alexa. Say, hey, Alexa, play the Simplify Jesus podcast. And boom, there we are. Be sure to check it out. uh, Keep up with us. And um, be sure to join us again next week as we continue our chronological look through the Bible. Take care, everybody.